Are you tired of hearing mental health from a superficial view and want to hear about realistic views? Well, you come to the right place, a space where healing is central, but also normalized. Your hosts, Donika and Myra, who are in the mental health field, will explore topics to help promote healing in your everyday life. Through our podcast, you will get the real and the work to focus on your healing. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Um, I mean, I want to say like for me, it would probably be my mother and my sister. I think that I'm, um, you know, I, I have a, a mother. I think even if folks don't have like, um, like a biological mother, just having like a, a maternal kind of figure in the life. Um, so and my sister, and I know some people don't have like biological sisters, but again, you can have, you can find your like chosen sisters. And I think like my sister, okay, so my mom, my mom is, she's just dope. She's just dope. And I feel like that it's so much that she's taught me. Um, and it's so much that she hasn't taught me that it's still like teaching moments, which is so weird to say. Um, but she keeps me grounded and also just to see her um like go through the things that she's went through it's like a with my mom it's like this internal like connection this connection I can't even explain like that I I feel like is needed for me and then my sister uh it's another thing it's like if I feel so connected to my sister and my mom where if something if they're going through something I lightweight feel it, you know, on a different level. It feels like it's me sometimes where I've had to have like step back. Like it's not you. They got to go through that. But, and they just support me. They keep me grounded. Um, so those are like, for me, the to- two most important people in my life. Okay. Um, so nah, what, what about you? That's a hard question. So when I think of it, I don't think of like titles like that. I think of more mm-hmm. so it's important to have somebody who, you know, you can talk to about anything and they're going to listen versus mm-hmm. always have a response. So for me, that's number one. Like, I got to have that person who I know I can talk to them and it's no judgment. They're not going to have a response for everything. They can just, you know, listen to me. And then the second person I automatically think of is a mentor. Um, I feel like it's so important to have a mentor who is going to build you up, connect you to resources. If it means taking you higher than the level that they're at, somebody who's willing to do that. Um, I think, you know, particularly as like a black woman, it's necessary to have a black woman mentor who has lived some of the same experiences that you have had. Um, so I, yeah, those are two people that I feel like I always have to have one of both. So yeah, what about you, Dr. Holly? What you thinking? That is a hard question and it's definitely a good question as well. I would have to say, I'm gonna do a mix of both of you all's responses. One as the title would definitely be my husband. He has been the rock and the wind beneath my wings for the last, Mm -hmm. what, 16 years? Mm -hmm. And then to your point, Myra, I would say a mentor too. And mentoring, not necessarily um, a person, but books, people who put out videos, people I've never even met, but they have touched my life. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where have you been? (laughs) But yes, definitely um, my husband and a mentor for sure. So when you talk about the reading of books, who comes to mind for you? Because I think about like when I first read Maya Angelou, I was like, oh my God, like 
I feel so connected. And then from there, I read her books like a million times. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? Of? When I, you know, last, okay. There's a book called The People Who Could Fly by Virginia Hamilton. It's such a classic. You got to get into it. And um, I remember getting that book in like the fourth or the fifth grade. And then again, I read it in middle school and I read it in high school. And I even find myself reading in college. And this is something for like little kids. But it's mm-hmm. a picture of like, I think like six or eight slaves that are flying like in the sky. Mm-hmm. But it talks about all these different like uh, black folk fairy tales, right? And it it's amazing um but again going back to black poetry black literature um Maya Angelou Toni Morrison my favorite Mm. for hands down was Langston Hughes James Mm. Baldwin Mm. you know Gordon Parks um all the black you know bond literary literacy uh um, literary artist, rather, if you will. But yeah, you're right. Just connecting in a way because that representation and just looking and listening and reading those stories are just amazing. Yep. Yeah, definitely. All right, y'all. So I'm going to dive into Dr. Holly's bio. Dr. Holly Sawyer is a licensed therapist, certified addiction specialist, mental health public speaker, and self-published author of It's Time to Talk About Trauma. At our private practice, Life First Therapy in Philadelphia, she provides psychotherapy to professional Black women, helping them navigate their life and career without using substances to cope with depression and or anxiety when experiencing microaggressions in the workplace. She also provides clinical supervision to recent graduates and professional consultation to licensed professionals. Dr. Holly has 15 years of experience teaching and developing higher education courses online and face-to-face. She's been featured on Philadelphia's Fox News 29, the Philadelphia Inquirer, Psych Central, Best Colleges, Bustle, Pop Sugar, and many more. Mm. So thank you, Dr. Holly, for joining us today. Sure. Thanks for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about how you decided your career choice? Um, yes. After going to therapy myself and realizing that there was just no representation there, I started to think like, wow, how many other Black women who are going to therapy or who are not going to therapy, but don't have a therapist that looks like them. And I was just like, wow, I want to be a part of that movement. And that was about 13 years ago. And of course, now we are out here in leaps and bounds. So I'm just excited that I I made that choice to be a part of um, the field to represent so that, you know, someone is going through something that looks like me, she can identify and find another Black uh, female therapist. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Okay, so today y'all are going to try to focus on black women and careers and work life especially with everything going on working from home some people are still working in the field um but so dr holly how have you found yourself managing this time at home still sticking to a routine the routine has definitely shifted but still keeping up one you have to um at least for me anyway if i don't um things will become very discombobulated and unorganized okay so routine and when you think about like your work uh, life right now, has it completely shifted to like virtual and working at home or like, how are you working right now? Yes, I, I would say that it has shifted at least about 90%. I still have some clients who 
um, want to meet face to face, but it's very few. So I've always offered online therapy with teletherapy in addition to face to face. However, um, because of COVID, it has totally shifted where a lot of more of my clients are doing teletherapy and then the very few are doing face to face. And so that again makes me about, I would say 90% working um, from home, working remotely. Oh, okay. Um, and so what are some tips you have for balancing working in the same place you live in, right? Um, so here's what I did. I invested in um, having my basement turned into a home office. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody may not be financially sound to do that at this time, and that's, and that's totally okay. I had a home. I have a bedroom that I had turned into an office, but my teenage son, he was like, nope, I'm taking it over. So I let him have it. And so, like I said, I was able financially to turn my basement into a home office. But for people who are not able to do that, I would just suggest finding a dedicated space. If if it can um, be another room and not your bedroom, that would be optimal. But if it has to be your bedroom, then I would say find a corner where you can set up literally a table and your laptop and your or your desktop so that it can look like literally a cubicle and you know in your space. You want to make sure that when you are in that space, even if your bottoms are still pajama pants, put on your makeup, put on your lipstick, put on a nice blouse, but make it as if you are literally getting up to going to work. Nice, I like that. Um, no, sorry. Go ahead. As we kind of talking, I just want to kind of talk about my own personal struggles with that. So it's so hard to like get, I mean, y'all got a bonnet on right now. So if y'all can't see me, but that's this, I'll come like this to my sessions, but at the same time, it's hard for me to like want to get dressed up and to want to, um, you know, act as if I'm going out. It's like a struggle. Um, I most definitely have not been able to do that. And I'm wondering, like, um, like, and both of y'all can chime in on, like, how you all have been able to incorporate, like, you know, like, get up, you're going to, you know, you're going to work. Like, how do y'all do that? I think scheduling, setting aside, like, a spot, like Dr. Holly said, like, I'm thankful that I had a move in the midst of this, and an area of my space is already an office. And I was like, why is there an office built into this space? Like I wanted to use this as an eating area, but now I find myself being happy that that is an office space. Like I have a desk dedicated to, you know, me working. And so I find myself like, I just automatically get up. I don't change my pants, but I change my top, wash my face and I go sit in my office area and I follow a schedule that makes sense for me. Cause I know for me, if I work on the couch, I'm going to want to sleep in between everything I do. So because the couch is there and it's tempting, I'm like, okay, you have 20 minutes to take a nap and the rest, but you have to have worked to, for this nap. So I kind of work for everything that I do. So if it's like, I need to go for a walk and get up or like, I'm feeling uncomfortable. Did I work where I can actually take that break? Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of like a checks and balances type thing. And then I have that dedicated space to where I know if I'm on the couch, I'm gonna go to sleep. So I'm making sure I sit up at a desk. I think what Myra says is definitely um, very, very helpful. And I do the same thing. I am not taking a nap unless I work for it. Um, I don't reward myself until I know that I've achieved or accomplished maybe a couple of clients notes or made some return phone calls or answer a couple of emails. But here's what I'm, 
I would suggest as well, the night before, pick out your shirt. Pick out your shirt that you're going to wear for that Monday or that Tuesday session. Pick out that shirt. And that could that could prompt your mind to say, okay, I'm wearing this shirt for work tomorrow. No, you're not leaving physically leaving your space, but you're getting your mind prepared for as if you were literally going to work because in all reality, you are. It's just from home. Um, if you have the makeup that you want to put on or the earrings to match your top, but everything is like literally planning for the night before. And when you wake up, you got to roll over and be like, okay, I'm going to put on and, and adorn myself in whatever it is that I laid out because this is what I'll be doing for today. Um, now I don't want to be, um, uh, misleading cause there are some days that I, I, I too struggle because you know, some days you, you sleep and you just don't, you don't have it. You don't, you don't feel like doing it. But it just goes back to the space to say like, hey, COVID is happening. I can't physically be some space. I'm still um, employed. So let me, you know, be thankful and grateful of that and just show up because a lot of people can't say that. Yes, that's facts. Well, thank y'all so much for y'all little uh, tips and telling me how y'all do it. <laughs> Something I found too is making sure my hair is done. Cause at first I was like, I'm gonna wear my afro like I usually wear to sleep. I'm not gonna put in any effort. But I notice now once I put in the effort with doing my hair, then I'm like, oh, I kind of should probably get dressed. Oh, like yesterday I was like, I think I should, because I love wearing lipstick, but I haven't been wearing it because I'm like, it's no point. Let me put on some lipstick. Let me do this. Let me do that. So now when I come to staff meetings, I'm like, oh, because I gotta look at myself. I'm like, oh, I look kind of different. I like this different look that I have going on. Like I be checking myself out. So that's fun too. That's right. <laughs> So Dr. Holly, um, when I wrote this question, I was thinking about like all the things that are going on in the world. And the question is, what advice do you have for black women struggling with trying to stay on top of their work and jobs that have not given attention to the recent loss of black lives? And I feel like for me, when this happened, my supervisor kind of acknowledged it five days later and she texts me like, hey, I'm back from vacation. Uh, just wanted to check on you. And I was like, one, I'm not a checkbox. You don't need to call me to say that you call all these people to see how their weekend went. And two, it was very generalized, which she said, like, let's talk about what's really going on. Get straight to the point. And three, you left me a voicemail so many days later. I just felt like that was very ingenuine and was kind of just like, really? So what I did was I made a little graphic that said, this is how you support Black people during this time. And I sent it to everybody because I was like, I don't want her to feel like this is an attack on her or anything, but I'm going to send this to everybody. So it ended up becoming like a big thing, like the company sent it out to everybody to make sure that everybody had it, which I was thankful for. But then I thought back and I was like, why did I do all that work? I'm not here to teach her, train her, none of that. That was energy I put in. I ain't doing nothing else. I'm going to leave it there. So I'm sure other people are probably having a similar experience, if not the same experience. What advice do you have for these folks? <laughs> um, so mine is going to probably be a little bit uh, contrary to what other people believe, but along the lines of, I think your back end thought of, it's not my job to train these people. No, it's not any of our job as Black women, Black men to train our employees on how they should be responding to the loss of black lives or black lives mattering when all of us get a job and we are employed they they walk us through these hiring orientation and discrimination practices right so if you got trained on that then those same practices should be um shown 
when we are experiencing lives, a uh, loss of black lives. And what, what I mean by that is this one, your employer should take the initiative vacation or not, because lives are still being lost, whether you go on vacation tomorrow or next week, you want to take the initiative as an employer to engage individually, whether you send a mass email or not, because collectively we are all different people just because we black, we different. We are all not the same. And then two, I encourage black people to have a space where they could process together and then on their own. Don't look for your employer to, you know, um, all of a sudden now have like this big policy on Black Lives Mattering. If they have one, okay, great. But just also know the reasoning behind it because they didn't have one before. So I don't think that we should put so much weight on our employers being responsible for something that they didn't even have a care about in the first place or prior to, you know, George Floyd and everything that has happened, you know, since COVID. And sometimes it can be hard for us as Black men and women to be like, wow, we got to go into these spaces. We work our asses off wherever we are and we don't feel supported. But think about it. Did they support you prior to this? Mm -hmm. Like we don't, you know what I mean? We don't want it to be where now we're asking them to change and put on a different, you know, stripe. Zebras don't change their stripes. They they are who they are. But now we want, you know, them to be and do different. Because mm. if you think about it, how many companies, just think about it, how many companies sent you out a new policy about them, um, Black Lives Mattering and them supporting Black Lives and how they can support you? <laughs> Someone said they got an email from Land's End. Land's End is the widest company that I know of in America besides the NRA and they sit out something about Black Lives Matter so you gotta kind of not laugh at it but be like okay what's really your motive like what's really going on right and that's not to say paranoia or that you know people can't change in a way to support you but I don't think that we should have this expectation yeah yeah I think it's hard though. It's hard not to when you are like investing your time and energy into a company. And I think that's what, you know, like I know for me, that's what I've struggled with. And it's actually made me change like some of my career goals just because it's like you investing your space, your time, your spirit, your soul into a company that, like you just said, have they even cared before? But even more now, like, like y'all don't care about us, you know? Um, especially as like therapists, like I'm a, if, you, if I work for a whole mental health program, if y'all have not, y'all, I know like Myra, I know her job, she, they have like mental health days, stuff like that to me should have already been incorporated, but say, say it's not, say, say you already don't, but if not now, most definitely, oh, y'all really trying it, y'all really don't care, and y'all at this point, y'all blatantly saying we don't care about your mental health as a black person that's absolutely how i feel and it's hard not to you know it's hard to like put it to the side like it's impossible for me yeah yeah I think well i could i can understand i could understand that i'm sorry Myra. go ahead no, no i was just saying i think it's different when you're because i look at it of a lens of like being a therapist and working in this and how you're treated versus like if it was another type of job and I think that it weighs heavier for me because it's like you want me to go and interact with other people and talk about all the stuff they got going on. But what I have going on is not acknowledged. I think of it from that way where it's just like, really? And I think of it the way you said, Dr. Holly, was just like they were never doing this before. I think about like other jobs I've had, like retail jobs and things like that, where it'd be like, 
whatever. Like, I don't expect nothing from them. But in this situation, it's just like, my supervisor is a therapist. Everybody I work with are therapists. I expect a lot more from you because of the way that you want me to show up with people are the expectations that you have for me. Because it's like, it's bullshit. If you're not doing that, you're not supporting me. It's like, what the, what? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you guys are in LA. You're talking about Watts. You're talking about Rodney King. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, and those are just the two ones off the top of my mind where race relations have been going on and just LA as an example alone, where this isn't nothing new. You could have been put up something that's supporting of Black Lives Matter way before, again, COVID and George Floyd. Mm-hmm. So my thing is the timing, it just seems very reactionary, yeah. right? So um, back to, you know, Danica, here's what I'll say. Being a therapist, and I I think this could go across to any profession. Being a therapist, my first and foremost in heart and soul and sweat and tears goes into the client, not the agency. Because the same way that you can leave, the same way they can fire you. So my allegiance at the end today is to the person who is seeking me for therapy. And so a lot of times we do get attached to the agency, to the job and the company when mm-hmm. there is no allegiance there, when they'll show you how much or little they do care about you. So if you can shift your mind and say, listen, as a therapist, as a customer service rep, as an electrician, I'm here to do what I love in serving my clients in this capacity. And it, and it could be any agency, but if I shift it to where I'm having this allegiance with the agency because you know I care about it and stuff like that, I think you do have a harder time detaching and then setting yourself up for some form of disappointment. Mm-hmm. No, most definitely. That's absolutely a great point. It's it's very easy to get sucked into uh, that piece of it versus of like the actual duty, the actual like service that you're giving. Man, absolutely yeah because i truly believe that you would that you would be a, a therapist if that agency closed tomorrow because you love being a therapist right mm-hmm. and and that i feel is where we as a people should shift our, our focus to helping our community helping the people who come to us helping the people that we serve because if we're trying to put our blood sweat and tears like you talked about in cities agencies where mm-hmm. these people are clearly saying here here goes your paycheck you know and i'll put up a little email really quick or a sign then it's like wow it, it and then at the in the back end is dangerous because it starts to mess with your self-worth mm-hmm. it starts to mentally wear and tear on you because you've tied your value somewhat to that agency not you Danica but I'm just thinking you know in general yeah. so we want to be mindful of how much we connect to that because if you know you don't get that promotion they don't send that email they don't talk about supporting you and how you can have the mental health days or black lives mattering you start to wonder like damn is something wrong with me and i don't and i don't want us to take that on to start internalizing it as if it's something wrong with us when it's not we're not the issue never have been i appreciate you highlighting that that's really important thank you um, so Dr. Holly, what are the top three symptoms and, and or behaviors that you think working from home um, impacts folks? Danica, did you write this question? I did. What are you trying to ask? I'm not sure. Okay, so I'm basically asking because I feel like a lot of mental health like concerns are appearing for folks right now as they're working from home. And so I'm asking Dr. Holly, what are the top like behaviors and our symptoms that you think that working from home may bring up for people, if that makes sense? It does. Um, the, the very first one that comes to mind is, is people do not set boundaries with their employers. If, I, if my hours are from 8 to 4.30, right now, 
employees who are working from home are allowing their supervisor to call them and email them at 501. No, if I was at work, my shift ended at 430. You wouldn't even be calling me. We would all be at home. We're going to the gym or doing whatever we'd be doing. And I, and my clients have the same issue. And the thing is, they not, what, are they going to fire you? No, my shift ends at 430. Cause at this time I'm now a mom. I'm cooking, I'm maybe taking care of somebody, whatever it is, you could just be at home watching Netflix. It don't matter. Respect my time. Hmm. And a lot of employees don't know how to, again, shut the, the clock off after their shift ends. And then employers who don't know how to manage remotely, who don't know how to um, calculate productivity feel like, oh, let me just hit you up at seven o'clock at night. Let me just call you at 10 o'clock at night. No. So I'm not blaming either side, but both parties are at blame when it, be, when it comes to how to properly manage and sustain someone's productivity and mental health when they're working from home. There's no way that your employer should have time on their hands to be hitting you up at 10 o'clock at night. And as an employee, you are not responsible to, to respond at 10 o'clock. But when you do, you open up that Pandora box mm-hmm. where I can call you now on Sunday at 2 o'clock. Why are you calling me on Sunday at 2? I work Monday through Friday. So I think that is a behavior that um, people mm-hmm. who are working from home and employers, they got to stop it because they'll make it look like, oh, well, working from home just doesn't work. No, it does work. You just didn't set up that boundary. Mm-hmm. Right? The employer, oh, I can't clock your productivity. No, you can ask me for a productivity sheet in Excel. You can ask me for a log, but you don't have to call me at seven o'clock and expect me to pick up and then you say, oh, I'm productive. No. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to boundary setting. Um, again, I, I cannot, cannot stress that enough. My best friend literally just gave me this talk because he was saying, I was telling him I was feeling like overwhelmed with work and he gave me this scenario how he went to go use his work laptop for like personal use on a Saturday. And he said, I got all these email notifications and he was like, and I told myself, I don't work weekends, so I won't be answering this because if I answer one of them, they'll keep contacting me. And he was like, make sure you remember that after your work hours, don't reply to people because they'll keep hitting you up. And I was like, oh, okay. But yes. I'm hearing it from another person, so it must be true what he said. (laughs) It's totally true. I've been working remotely for like 16 years, and um, every now and then I may do contract work that will require me to go physically to a space, but, um, you know, people will try you. They'll try you in the workplace, so imagine what it's like if you're working from home. Some tips that you can do is you can turn off your work cell phone, turn it off, and then turn it back on during your work hours. On the email, you can do, like, there's a vacation setting that everybody has on their email, whether it's work or Gmail, and you can, as soon as 4.30 hit, 4.31, put that vacation setting on, but it's not going to say, of course, you're on vacation, it's just to say, hey, you know, thank you for me reaching Dr. Holly. It is, you know, my hours are Monday through Friday, 8 to 4.30. I will respond within 24 hours. So they know that if I hit you up at 7 o'clock, your email is going to sit there until the next business day at 8 a.m., and I'll get to it at some point. Mm-hmm. But people, yeah, you 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 have to do those things. Again, cut that phone off. Do not use that computer on the weekends. Set that vacation reminder. But it's just to say, like, these are my hours, and I'll get back to you. But start putting those boundaries up. Now, your supervisor, because I have had clients where your supervisor will try to gaslight you and guilt trip you. But guess what? You still have to stand firm because either you are going to stand for something 
y'all know the quote follow it fall for anything (laughs) exactly right stand for something to fall for anything stand for your boundaries stand for your mental health stand for the fact that you work from 8 to 4 30 and 8 9 p.m you pass that because if you don't you'll keep falling for every time somebody hits you up on a saturday or sunday or past 4 30 monday through friday yeah very true okay and so dr holly this is a more personal question but on your most challenging work day since covid what was the thing that helps you get through it Oh, good question. I would say two things. Mm, Three. One, my family. One thing I taught my children very early since the age of three, everybody checks in with each other. Hey, how you doing today? How was school? What was the good thing that happened? What was something that you feel uncomfortable with? And every day, even with COVID and they ain't even been no classroom, we check in. Like that is a hands down check in. Two, sleep. Do not feel guilty about resting. Even if you're feeling helpless or hopeless or having some signs of depression and sleeping is the one thing you can do right now, I'd rather you sleep than commit suicide. I'd rather you sleep than overdose. I'd rather you sleep than cut yourself. I'd rather you sleep than take your own life in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. Three, comedy. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Somebody recommended to me Shit's Creep on Netflix and it it took my spirit to a whole nother level. Oh my (laughs) gosh, it's hilarious. So sleep, comedy, and someone who, it could be your dog, it could be your family, it could be a best friend, but somebody who you know that is genuine when they, when they, when they are asking you like, hey, how you doing today? How you holding up? And really I want to check in with you. But those were like my top three go-to. What was the comedy um, YouTube called again? No, 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 not on YouTube, on Netflix. Oh, on Netflix, oh. Uh-huh. Yeah, Shit's Creek. Yes, Shit's Creek. Shit. <laughs> S. No, no, no. S C H I T T S okay. Creek. Oh. You really never heard of this? Uh, no. What is it, y'all? <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, I'm I'm like Danica. I I I read a lot, but I had not been in the mood to read. And I really wanted to laugh because for me it's a mood booster. It increases them endorphins. And I'm like, yo, I need something to get me out of this fog. And a girlfriend said, listen, watch Shit's Creek. And I was like, oh, I got to watch TV. And it's, it's got five series. I mean, it's five seasons. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I got to go through this. But it allowed me to stretch it out and watch one or two or three and sometimes five episodes at night at the end of my day. And I'm in there bawling, laughing. So it's basically about a family who lose it. They were like filthy, dirty rich. And they lose everything and have to start at like rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, and live in this town because the last thing that the father was able to hold on to is the fact that he bought like this little town with the last mm-hmm. little bit of money he had, but they didn't know that they had it. And so the IRS was like, okay, this is what you got left. Cause they came and garnished everything, but they had this little town left and it is hilarious. I hope they do another season. Cause now I'm really into it, but that, that really got me up. I mean, I watched Dave Chappelle had a new stand up. It was other comedies that I watched, mm-hmm. but yeah, just, just again, comedy, comedy, something that totally got nothing to do with therapy. Cause people be like, Ooh, watch the umbrella something or watch. And I'm like, if it has anything to do with therapy, something psychological, <laughs> some trauma, I do not want to watch it. And they'd be like, Oh yeah, you are a therapist. Right. So for me as a therapist, if I've been doing sessions all day, when I come home, I don't want to watch that on Netflix because now I'm still in analyzing mode. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. 
Well, um, I know we covered a lot of different things about working from home today. If you had to give some takeaways to our listeners, what would it be? Set your boundary. Set your boundary. Create a routine. It doesn't necessarily have to be the one that you had pre-COVID, but set up some type of routine. And three, take some time to love on yourself and others. Yes. Well, thank you for joining us today, Dr. Holly. Hope you have a good rest of your Sunday. You too. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate it. All right, y'all. So, Donnie, can you have something to share with us today? Oh, <laughs> working from home. Well, I mean, it's, it is. This was a this was a needed episode. I think I just I've heard so many different tips and stuff, but I haven't actually implemented them. And I I hope I hope I'm not the only one. I just been lazy on like trying some of these things that people are talking about so I really want to try to incorporate some of the stuff that Dr. Holly's talking about and even some of the stuff that you talked about to try to make working from home um like more better I most definitely want every in the middle of sessions I go lay on my couch I've eaten I watch a tv show go back and it is it's draining because you end up just wanting to do one thing and so then I end up getting less work done or end up working real late at night because I've pushed it off all day. So my schedule is everywhere. I have no routine. I think working from home has made me realize I don't want to work the rest of my life. So I'm like, how can I make sure I'm like set so that I can live? Cause I'm not interested in this working stuff. Like, yeah, I like being a therapist, but ultimately I don't, I don't imagine myself working too long. I want to be done working by the time I'm 40. And I just want to live my life. <laughs> so whatever that means to Myra. Uh, so that's what working from home has been like, I've been thinking about when I am working. I'm like, how much can I save so that, you know, I could quit by this time or so that I can like not work. So that's something I've been thinking about. Um, so what I was going to share with y'all is there's a Twitter, it's called the Nap Ministry. And it's this lady who she's just studied the importance of Black folks resting. And so that's all her research is about. Um, and so I just wanted to share with y'all a tweet that she tweeted this week. And it just said, you will be learning and resting for the rest of your life. So stop rushing. And it just made me think about the importance of taking time for yourself. And so. Say the quote again. Say the quote again. You will be learning and resting for the rest of your life. Stop rushing. Ooh. Whenever I be wanting to take a nap and I feel bad about it, I just go on her Twitter and I just read something. Because literally everything is about taking naps. So, yeah. Ooh, I like that. Well, definitely. You know, I like to take my naps too. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. You have anything else you want to add, Marie? Nah. So that's it for this week's episode of Black Women Chilling Pod, and thank y'all for tuning in. Talk to you soon. <laughs>